This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For the final ever time, um, we are going to be recording the 50th episode that we've recorded together, the 60th episode that I've ever done of HFC chat. Um, You know, it feels weird to be ending. You know, circumstances in life have have made that um, the right decision uh, with the commitments that we both have. But, you know... it's a perfect time to end after 50 episodes, me and Davo, best mates producing content. We've absolutely loved the ride. Uh, we've loved the support. I'll touch more on it later. Um, but I guess the best way to start this episode is that it's a new era starting at Pools. One that for me comes as a big relief. Um, I think everybody knows how I felt about Paul Hartley. Um I think, you know, straight from the off, what I will say is I won't try and deny that when he first got appointed after Graham Lee, I thought, you know what, this might be the person that that we've been looking for. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of success, albeit in Scotland. But as we've said on previous episodes, we can't deny it. He had success and he had the track record of winning. And that is what we need. That is what we needed. Fortunately, it hasn't worked out at Pearls and Paul Hartley thankfully left um, last Sunday. The club um, put out a statement. I mean, a few would, well, few could argue with it really. And I think it could have potentially been earlier, but it's always important to give a manager at least, I think, the, the amount of games that we did. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about in a second where did it all go wrong? Which is a very big question and we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. But it's a new era under Keith Curl, Colin West. I really like the idea of having someone who's going to come in and hopefully steady the ship, get us points on the board, win games and pull us away from that relegation battle. And you know what? I'm not going to say, oh, we definitely shouldn't appoint him in the future as permanent manager. He may, he may be a great success for us. He may get the squad playing really good football and we can build from there. But I like the idea how we've moved to get someone who, okay, 
many have different opinions, but he's got a clear track record of you know steadying the ship, getting points on the board, and that, that's exactly what we need at this po- point. You know, we weren't getting any under Hartley. We looked lost. We looked we looked devoid of ideas. We we were promised free flowing attacking football, and and what did we get? Literally nothing. It, it was just. You didn't look forward to games, let's be perfectly blunt about it. And for the first time in a long time, although it was Papa John's trophy on um, Tuesday, I know we'd say different by the time we got to the semi-finals of last year. We were like, oh, the Papa John's, yeah, good trophy this, isn't it? But, for you know, I actually was looking forward to seeing how the Pools got on. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Pools get on against Gillingham tomorrow. Um under a new stewardship and hopefully one that's successful. And we're going to, again, touch on this as another point later because I think it's an extremely important point. How good is it to have Tony Sweeney back? I mean, this man bleeds blue and white. This man is HUFC. And for me, one of the most things that got me so angry under Hartley was the fact that it seemed... Hartley didn't want Sweeney in the setup. He, he kind of disregarded him. And I, we can't comment on exactly what happened. We we don't know that. Um, but yeah, look, Sweeney's is back. We've got new uh, people in, in Colin West and Keith Curl. We're going to talk about their background. We're going to talk about where it all went wrong with Paul Hartley. How vital it is that Sweeney's is back. We're going to do a preview of the Gilling game, Gillingham game, uh, which comes up tomorrow. Pivotal game. They sit just above us in the league. And then we're going to end it probably rather emotionally, uh, talking about HFC chat, talking about our favourite moments um, of producing content. And uh, and then that'll be a wrap. That'll be HFC chat. But Davo, massive question. And feel free to talk for as long as you need to talk. Just where did it all go wrong with Paul Hartley? Oh, I mean, you could sit here and talk all day about where it all went wrong. But I think, <clears throat> I think the first point... Um, I'd look at recruitment over the summer. Um, some of the players who he's brought in, who he thought were probably going to be good signs at the time, I think have just turned out to be flops. I mean, we've we've spoken about individuals over the past few weeks since the start of the season, but these players just continue time after time, game after game, to let down the team. It's the same names. And I'm not even going to be scared. Jake Hastie's one. I'd say Ewan Murray's another. Um, I think Brody Patterson's another. In my, these are all my opinions, so don't be just, you know. I just think our recruitment has been relatively poor and it baffles me. We have brought in, um, prior to the season starting, a head of recruitment, um, which... I mean, surely this cannot reflect his ability. I mean, when he first came in, it was all, oh, what an appointment Chris is, you know, he's done a great job at Rotherham. Look, look at their um, kind of progression over the recent years and stuff. I just, it just baffled me. I think if I was the owner of a football club and some of these deals were being presented to me, I think I'd have blocked some of them myself and said, I'm sorry, these just, why aren't we going out there trying to at least trying to get proven and tested football league players and I suppose this is one of, this was one of my biggest concerns when Paul Hartley got appointed although what you've said is right he's had success at Dundee Cove Allower I think 
that, that's all good and well, but that's in Scotland. Um, it is very different to the Football League. And I suppose with him coming into the football club, he comes in with his only managerial kind of intellect, knowledge of the game that came from being in Scotland. Um, so I can understand to a point why, but unfortunately, I just think there should have been a little bit more guidance in and around our business this summer um, in trying to get proven and tested football league players. Um, obviously, we've got Callum Cook, who, you know, he's a great player, he's got a great footballing brain. Um, but I think for me personally, I think that was one of the biggest factors in where it all went wrong. And secondly, I could, I could also potentially say getting him was also wrong. Because I, I also I believe personally there was other candidates who pulls or Rising rather should have prioritised Pete Wilde being one who we've spoken about many times off this podcast and look at what Barrow are doing they've had the backing he's had the backing and they're up there flying I I just think Pools have missed a really uh, good opportunity there but it is what it is now yeah I mean you you talk about that there and and you talk about the recruitment which is obviously such a pivotal factor in the whole running of a successful football club you talk about how we brought in Chris Trotter and someone with uh, apparently such a great pedigree in recruitment in helping progression of clubs but then for me I think one of the biggest issues that I have and I just can't look past it because these people are the people who keep the club going they, they support every week the total disregard for supporters and that just really really grated on me as you can probably tell in my voice when I'm talking about it I think that possibly was the worst part about the whole thing um the fact that from the off he just seemed to not engage with fans he didn't come and thank us after games look I don't expect you to come across and flipping give us big fist pumps and all these types of things I expect you to at least acknowledge the fans who've traveled across the country spent a lot of good money um, and the time as well people talk about the money the financial expenditure but you've got to think about the time that goes into you know traveling to games and I think the fact that he just totally disregarded, total lack of respect. And, you know, we were blessed under Dave Chalner. We were so fortunate. I think a lot of people are realising that now. Not only was he a fantastic manager, but he was someone who understood what the club meant to the fans, understood what the club meant to the town and really cared about the connection. And as I've said, I don't expect a manager to be literally like flying over to us every game. I mean, let's be honest with Paul Hartley. One, he wouldn't be able to fly over to us. And two, um, there were no results to celebrate. Um, so, you know, that kind of goes out the window. But the whole principle of how he acted, I think his attitude was shocking. I think he was an arrogant person. I mean, look, I'm not afraid to say these things. At the end of the day, it's a fan's podcast. And, you know, if, if certain people don't agree with us, that's fine, as we say, and as we've said on numerous occasions. But for me, it was all started off the wrong foot because he thought he was, because of his success elsewhere, and, you know, maybe let's give him a tiny, tiny little bit of slack that he may not have been used to that type of style of engaging with a lot of fans. Um, for example, with Cove, no disrespect to them, they, they won't have massive crowds. But that's not that's not an excuse, in, in my opinion, at all. Um you know, I, I just think that um, the way he handled himself with the press, 
um, was shocking um, with interviews and things. And um, yeah, I just think it's a massive relief that that he's gone. And I think for me, that's where it all started. The fact that he thought he was probably better than he was because of the success he's had in the past. The total lack for for fans. And then you've also got to look at, as you've said, the recruitment, um, potentially the backing from Raj. I don't personally believe that there's been that backing that's been talked about. There's been that, you know, the playoff budget gets discussed a lot. Um, yes, we brought in Chris Maguire. We, we don't know what the contract agreement is you know he's been I think he was chucked out of Lincoln was it for was it for betting or or something along those lines and I think potentially there's something pending with um the FA as well um surrounding that situation so look did he receive the backing probably not um and I think you know that that's where a lot of issues lie that it's a bringing together a lot of different factors. There's the whole recruitment, there's the lack of uh, respect and the arrogance, and then there's a lack of connection with the fans and, and the club, which is one of the most important things. So, yeah, where did it all go wrong? As you say, we could talk for hours and hours about that, um, but I think you can probably bring it down to a, to a few different strands, so to speak. Davo, is there anything you want to add on that um, topic or not? Uh, no, I think we've... Uh... We've summarised that quite well, to be quite honest. But like you say, it's it's over now. We've just got to move on. We've just got to back these new lads and and hopefully we can solidify things, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Because I think going to Pearls these last couple of months, and like you say, we've been blessed under DC, but going to Pearls these last few months, I've never felt so disconnected from the team, the management team. It, it's been a real kind of like, I'm not being awful. It, it feels as if it's, you got you. It was almost driving back to the days of old, where you just sit there yeah. and it's like the expectation that kind of thing. But like you say, there's not much else to say. We could talk here for quite a few days. No, definitely. And you know, we move on now to the whole um, new era. Interim boss Keith Curl, Colin West's assistant, Sweeney's back as first team coach. I know Davo, you're going to um, just give us a little bit of a background on Westy and uh, Keith. Just I think from the Pulse website, I believe. Yeah, I can. So last Sunday, Hartlepool United confirmed the appointment of Keith Curl as interim manager. Keith had a playing career that saw him make over seven hundred appearances with the likes of Manchester City, Wolves, Sheffield United, and Wimbledon as well as being capped for England at the 92 European Championships. He began his managerial career in 2002 and has since amassed over 600 games as manager. He has a vast experience of EFL League Two, winning promotion via the playoffs at Wembley with Northampton just as recently as 2020. The highly experienced manager will be joined at the club by his assistant, Colin West, a former Sunderland Rangers, Sheffield Wednesday and Hartley United player, Additionally, highly regarded loyal club servant Anthony Sweeney will rejoin the first team staff in a coaching capacity. And at the time, it said that Keith was currently travelling back from abroad and will likely join the team on Wednesday. Tony Sweeney, who took the team for training the following day, and then, of course, he took the game on Tuesday against Morecambe. And just to cap off, the chairman, Raj Singh, commented, we fully recognise the need to act decisively and quickly, given our position. Keith has a lot of experience and know-how at this level, including turnarounds and achieving promotion into League One with a side just two years ago. 
He has a profile that we believe is needed at this time to immediately step in, show things up and start moving the team forward once again. He has already spoken to Tony Sweeney today, who has previously done caretaker duties to ask him to rejoin the first team coaching staff. And alongside Colin, they will hit the ground running this week. Well, what a better combination. What a better start. Rangers and Pose, you just can't beat it, can you? Um, so, yeah, as we just touched on there, obviously Keith and uh, Colin West have come in. The interviews with them both are on the uh, club website. I must say I was really impressed. Um, you, you find that a lot of managers, when they do their uh, first presses and stuff, you know, you can, you can be impressed. They want to make a good impression. However, for me, what I like about... Keith and Colin was that they talked about the fans and as I've just said in in the where it all went wrong section one of the biggest factors for me was the fact that he just completely disregarded us um, but straight away he recognises the importance of us as supporters and he wants to get us on board and I think that's really positive um, you know I, I'm looking forward to seeing where he can take us and, and we'll just discuss here Tony Sweeney I mean, I remember him from when I first started watching Pose in, in 2008 and, you know, I, I loved him um, as a player and I just think the way he carries himself, the way he's so, you know, he, the way he is around the club, he, he could easily, with the status that he's got from what the fans, you know, the fans idolise him and stuff, he could easily be arrogant like Paul Hartley, he could easily be big-headed but he's not. He's so down to earth and he, he just gets on with his work. And I think he was such a vital factor in getting pose up from the National League that it's it's pivotal that we have him if we want any success. And I really hope that um, we see him in a management role as the first team manager in years to come. I'm not saying now's the time, obviously, but I think he could be fantastic. And, and what a story that would be if he in years to come can can take us to a promotion or, or a cup final or something like that. Um it'd be be fully deserved for Sweens. But Davo, how vital is it that Sweens is back in the coaching setup? I think a lot of his work goes unnoticed, doesn't it? Oh, massively. And it it does the whole situation under Hartley, it, it's baffling. As a management team who come into the football league with no experience and you've got an asset like Tony Sweeney at your disposal. How do you not lean on him for, for, for guidance, for advice? It, it baffles me. It really, really does. I mean, he's just done an interview recently, actually, and it was absolutely, I mean, he couldn't have said anything more perfectly than he did. You know, so what he is, he's one of us. He lives in Hartlepool. His kids go to school in Hartlepool, and he knows what the crack is. If anybody knows what, he is Hartlepool United. He's played here. He's coached here. You know, he knows what the expectations that we have as fans and he knows what we want to see. So to have him back alongside Keith and Colin, I think is absolutely, it's second to none. You know, it was a, it was a no-brainer um, for Keith to bring him back into the fold and hopefully he can share um, his wisdom onto the, to the newly appointed coaching team and hopefully with that advice, Pills can continue to kind of kick on now and hopefully move up the table but yeah I'm over the moon well as you say you touched on it there he did his interview um, after the Morecambe game and the Papa John's I'll ask you in a moment just to give us a few words about how that game was I wasn't there personally um, but that interview that he gave it could 
for a lot of people, and I, I know I probably would have done, I would have come out in that interview and probably not said something I shouldn't, but been more, what's the word, direct maybe, about the whole situation, about how he actually was treated. But the way that he just handled himself, it's just honestly, it just shows what a great character he is. Um, and I'm just so glad that, as I've already said, that we have him at the football club. So, Davo, just quickly, um, the Morecambe game, much to talk about? In all honesty, um, I, I don't think there is. I mean, if that game was a league game and it ended after 90 minutes, then I don't think either side would have complained about a nil-nil because, it, I mean, watching it, it just you just knew. I, mean, I was there with the lads and I think... After about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I just said, we all said, actually, nil-nil, penalties, because um, that's just the way the game was going. Um, End-to-end, granted, but I just think chances were just too few and far in between. Um, neither keeper really having a lot to do. Um, good to see some of the, the fringe players back into the fold. Um, Joe Gray obviously coming back from, from injury, and good to see Mo Silla come back. In my opinion, probably man of the match, Morsela, putting a great shift. So did uh, more centre at centre half. Um, I will say, Pearl's improved in the second half when we started to bring on the more senior, regular, and probably yeah, you know your stronger players, Sterry, Ferguson, man like Crofts. Um, but yeah, going into the penalties, I mean. It baffles me why you and I, I'm not saying this because I have a motive, I'm just saying it from a footballing perspective. I mean, I don't know why you put a centre half first, I genuinely don't. I mean, I'm not being awful in that instance. You'd have probably had played the, the five strongest penalty takers, but yeah, I mean, we all know what penalties are, they're a lottery at the end of the day, and yeah, Mark and won that, and yeah, we just we move on now to the is it the final group stage game now, whenever that is, against Everton under-21s? Yeah, I believe so. But as we've discussed quite a few times, with our current league status as it is, we need to focus on the league very much so. And look, I'm not saying, oh, I'm not bothered about the Papa John's because in all honesty, I'd love us to be able to, I'd love us to be able to, you know, get as far as possible in that and, and try and have another crack at maybe getting to Wembley. Um, but yeah, look, at the end of the day, it's an opportunity to get some minutes into players that perhaps don't normally get minutes. And it's an opportunity for Keith to see the squad as a, more of a whole um, in a match situation. I know he'll have been doing his analysis. He said that in, um, you know, in his interviews. But yeah, for me, the most important thing was getting out of that game without any injuries, giving some minutes to the rest of the squad, fitness, and getting ready for Saturday. Because tomorrow against Gillingham, it, I don't, it's still only, you know, September, but it's pivotal that we pick up three points. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's a game I would have, you know, if we want to win every game. Surely every football fan wants that. But one that, you know, we've lost, a, we've lost an extra point um, from winning on penalties, but it is what it is, and you know we we move on to Gillingham. It's quite funny you mentioned that because I was we, the boys, you know, we were talking on the way back on Tuesday, and we, we actually had a similar conversation. And I said, unfortunately, the way things are in the league now, I genuinely 
I couldn't care about a Papa John's run or even an FA Cup run because at the end of the day, the League Two, that's our bread and butter. And whilst our team are down there scrapping with all this, you know, Rochdales and Colchesters and Gillinghams, I mean, how on earth can you possibly get excited about going to, I don't know, Manchester United away or Liverpool away when you're potentially going to see your team relegated? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it is funny you mentioned it, that's all. Yeah, it's... If you compare it to where we were last year as well, we could afford to have a run in a cup, um, in the Papa John's or the FA Cup. We could, you know, we picked up more results. We picked, we were picking up wins at home, and we weren't in any danger at the time, um, of of being pulled into a relegation scrap. So for me, I, you know, it was like, well, let let's go for it, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, arguably we had a higher calibre squad then as well when you look at the players we've left I mean I've admitted it in the last podcast the likes of Omar Bogle and you know I, I would have loved to see him at the minute in a pull shirt um, but also people like uh, Timmy and Molds that we've lost Neil Byrne for me was such a big loss I mean he was someone I wish we had Neil Byrne at centre half because you know what if we had Byrne and Menaise I think that would be a pretty decent... And Lacey does well as well. So if we had Fergie, Manaise, um, Byrne, then uh, Steriot right back, who have I missed? Um, I missed one more, I think, out of the five that I was going to say. Fergie, um, Manaise, um, Lacey, Byrne, yeah, and then Sterry. Yeah, that's the five. You know, if we had a back line like that, I'd be a lot more confident because Killip's come on leaps and bounds this season, I think. Um, just a little shout out to him as well. So, yeah, look, it, it's brilliant to have um, Sweeney back. Sweeney's is someone who bleeds blue and white and someone that we love. So it's brilliant to have him. Really excited to see where we can go under um, Keith Curl and Colin West. And, and whilst we're on the topic of uh, Keith Curl, Davo, and seeing it's the last episode that we're producing together, I know it may be a little bit embarrassing, but will you just give us a little rendition of the song you've been singing all week, please? Oh, man. Stuck in my head. 24 hours a day, on repeat. I'm going to bed and it's Mysterious Curl. I want to play three, five, two. Oh mate, that's unbelievable! <laughs> oh well, you know we had to we had to treat the treat the listeners with that one. So uh, that wraps up that section. We will be touching on the Gillingham preview, the story of HFC chat, and of course our favourite ever moments very shortly. Without further ado, moving on now to our final pre-match preview. So Keith Curl takes charge of Hartlepool United for the first time tomorrow as Pools welcome Gillingham to the Suit Direct Stadium, 3pm kickoff. Gillingham sit 22nd in the League 2 table currently after a solitary win this season. The side is led by Neil Harris, former record goal scorer and former manager at Millwall. This will be the 37th meeting between the sides, with Pools winning 11 of the previous matches, Gillingham having won 16, and nine games have ended in a draw. The sides last met in November 2018, when Pools lost 4-3, despite goals from Carl Magnet, Paddy McLaughlin and Tyrone O'Neill. Now, Pooley, Alex Lacey appeared for the Jills in the match, appearing as a last-minute substitute. 
In terms of team news, midweek standard manager Tony Sweeney made five changes to the side that lost at Sutton United and will be up to curl as to which players are selected. Josh Umera sat out, sat out the game at Morecambe, but the forward should return to the side for the visit of Gillingham. And if you're not travelling to the Suit Direct Stadium, full audio coverage is available as always on iFollow and updates will also be posted on social media. And with that, also comes, sadly, our final match prediction. Now, I'll kick us off while Jack eats his toast. Um, I am going to be a hell of a lot more optimistic than I have been so far this season. Um, I do see this as the first win for HUFC and the boys. So, on that note, I am going 2-1 to Pools. Jack, for the last time, please. Absolutely love that from you. The toast is absolutely incredible, by the way. Aldi's malted bloomer. This is not a sponsored ad, but honestly, <laughs> um, I think we would have been carried on the podcast a bit longer if we got sponsored by Aldi. Um, but anyway, in terms of prediction, I'm going to be positive as well. Um, I'm going to go two now, clean sheet as well. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think we'll win tomorrow. I think we'll pick up three points. Um, there'll be a feel-good factor. There should be plenty of people there, plenty of people at the game, hopefully. Um, and, you know, I think there will be a relief that Paul Harley's gone. Um, and, you know, excitement for our season to finally start. So, yeah, I'm going with a 2-0 win. We'll get a couple of goals, clean sheet, and uh, all will be fine come 5pm, fingers crossed. Um but now is the time, and it's quite a, you know, a emotional time in a way. Um, we've touched on this before, and people have commented this, which has obviously meant a lot. That when we're producing content, it it takes up a lot of your time. Um, you know, there's the research to do, there's the topics to talk about. We've had guests on where we've had to arrange things. We've put tweets out, and you know, we do that because we love the club. We don't do it for praise. Um. We've produced this content because we love HUFC because we want to give, well, when I started it, I wanted to give the fans a platform for them to be able to voice their opinions, something that they could engage with because the club didn't have a podcast. Um, you know, I started this when I was in my first year at uni. Um, you know, in, in all honesty, I was probably looking for something to distract me as well. Um, you know, if I'm being completely open and honest, um, you know, I wanted something to kind of fill my time a bit more when I when I wasn't uh, studying. So, yeah, it's it's been an unbelievable project. As I've said, produced 60 episodes all in all. I'm delighted that I've been able to do 50 of those with my best pal. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure doing that. And, you know, it, it's just progressed to see the support that we've got from people, um, whether that be... Rob at BBC Tees, he's been absolutely fantastic, I must say. Um, you know, in supporting the podcast, in dropping us DMs, in encouraging us. Regular contributors such as Mark Carroll. I mean, Mark's been fantastic with the podcast. From the day I started, he said, it's a great idea, let's get it. And he was, you know, sharing things on Twitter, he was sharing things on Facebook. He was really supportive. So I want to say thanks to him. And he's obviously been contributing for a long time. Any of you who've got involved by tweeting, um, by sending us a message, by, you know, just any way that you've supported us, even just listening and perhaps catching us at a game or something. 
Um, I feel like this is a massive speech and I don't mean it to sound like that, but, you know, me and Devo have been talking about this a lot and how grateful we are for the support that people have given us, um, you know, because it makes it all worth it at the end of the day. And I think we'll just touch on some of the best moments. I'll go with mine first. I mean, first and foremost, recording with players, and this may sound cliche or a little bit cringy, but recording with players is actually an honour, like it's mint. Um, I don't think, you know, when you support a team and, and you have the opportunity to speak to those players that represent you, um, you know, special shout out to our good pal, uh, TC. You know, he's been incredible with the podcast. He's come on, he's done a special um, with us. He, he's supported us. He's, he's messages about how much he's loving the content. Um, then you've got people who, who've come on um, from the club, obviously we've we've had uh, Stephen Oban come on. Um, he came and gave of it gave us his time. Rob Law, um, you know he he's been on, um, and and we've also been able to record Alex um, from the club. Um, he's come on and given us some insight into the media role he does. So um, you know appreciative of that as well. And you know a couple of times he's been able to try and help orchestrate um some interviews with players. So. Look, the highlights for me, obviously, and it's probably no shock recording with TC. Um, that was mint when I got to do the special with him and talk about how much he loves the club and all that type of stuff. And that's probably been the number one highlight. But looking back, the thing that I'm most proud about is how far the podcast has come. I mean, I'm looking at the figures now. We, When I started it, I wouldn't have believed this. I mean, 7,784 listens heading into this um, episode. I mean, it's fantastic. Hopefully, we'll be able to hit... I mean, it'll be ambitious to be hitting that um, 8,000 mark. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how far we can get. To have nearly 1,000 followers on Twitter, to have over 1,000 people on Facebook. I mean, it's just... I'm really proud because... We've put a lot of hard work in and it's just been great to be able to do something that we love, talk about the club, whether that's been negative, positive. There's been times, hasn't there, when we've not really wanted to record an episode because it's been like, well, you know, we felt so disengaged, but we've got to continue giving that uh, platform to support us. And I encourage anyone who has the time or whatever to try and keep something like this going because, you know... It, hopefully you as listeners have been able to engage and whether you've agreed with us or not on certain things and we've loved your interactions um you know it's provided a platform for uh us police to talk about things so i'll stop rambling on now it's getting a bit boring um but yeah davo anything you want to touch on any highlights you've got and uh and let you take that away i think everything i don't think i can um even potentially start to pick out individual moments because um, I think everything I've been involved in has been has been amazing. Um, the lads at the Northwest Corner, I think all the features, I think all the features we've done, the Northwest Corner, uh, Stephen, all the ones you've named, even speaking to to people like Gav who took the time to come on and reflect upon his time at HUFC and and Fergie as well. You know, I'm just grateful for you to give me this opportunity to come onto the podcast when you asked me to do so because it's enabled me to have opportunities that I would never have had otherwise. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute roller coaster. It's been one hell of a ride, and 
it is sad, but ultimately it is the right decision because we spoke about this only a couple of weeks ago and we said, and I said, sorry, that we're either all in or we're not. And it's not fair to to the listeners because we us two are very are very um what's the word? We don't settle for half-hearted kind of content. At the end of the day, we're either all in, we're either one hundred percent in this or we're not. So but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna ramble on too much. You you've summed it up pretty well and but yeah, it's been one hell of a ride, 50 and out. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's just uh, keep backing the boys as we do. Keep getting in the Vic. If you can get away games, keep getting away games. Get behind Kel, get behind the lads, and let's just see what how far we can go this season. Yeah, exactly, mate. I'm emotional speaking there. Um, yeah, no, it, it's been fantastic. It's been a pleasure, and uh, you know, I've loved, I've loved every minute. You've mentioned a few things that somehow I, you know, didn't point out, but. That that wraps up HFC chat. As you say, 50 and out. Um for us to 60 episodes created. Um, I dread to think how many hours we've spent um doing that. But you know, as you say, we've just got to keep backing the lads, however tough it, it is um at points, you know, if we're if we're struggling and uh down the bottom of the league, we've got to remember where we've come from. We nearly didn't have a club a few years ago. And now we're back in the Football League um, in our second season. I really hope that we can pull away from the relegation zone. I'm confident we can. Um, but, you know, for the for the final ever time, you've got to keep the faith. You've always, always got to back the boys. And, of course, never say die. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.